Hey, it was good, was good, was good. Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the role podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, 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 what up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah, what up? And we got a special guest from New York, one of New York's finest. Me and him kind of bonded over the pandemic. Aww. He had a dope stream. <laughs> He, you know, I actually went to come go check him in New York at a couple spots. He's doing his thing in New York. He also works with Three Day uh, Weekend, which is like a DJ agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's here in Vegas. I think he's wilding out. He's already like drink a quarter of a bottle of tequila, and he's going into <laughs> our little like he's sponsored t- mix. He's mix taking advantage here. of his trip to Vegas. I know, man. He's <laughs> really Vegasing it up. He's today. doing it big, man. <laughs> Yo, let's make some noise for <laughs> DJ Marco Penta. Marco. What up, fam? What's good? What up, fam? Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm humbled. Like I love you guys. I've been listening since day one. Oh, for real? Day one, day one? Yep. SoundCloud, oh, yo. Shit. <laughs> hey, yo. Days. It's good to have you here. Like you're just here to fuck around and just kind of like see what's good or like just hang out. Yeah, I'm I'm here to like clean up, you know, rebuild after EDC like destroyed <laughs> yeah, Vegas. Yeah. You're coming you're coming like coming to Vegas right after EDC, like yeah. a day after and shit like that. Yeah, it was a last minute trip, you know. Uh, a friend of mine, like he got like a suite and stuff. So I was like, yo, let's party. I wanted to come check out, see what the Vegas scene was like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And when was the last time you were in Vegas? Honestly, I was here like about like a year or two ago. We did a takeover at Jewel at oh, Aria. Three day weekend. Three, three day weekend, weekend takeover, okay. but it was only there for a night. So now I'm staying here longer. So just see what the market is like and stuff. So, because I know a lot of our guys play out here. Yeah, yeah. So I want to, you know, just network and meet up with the people that I work with con- consistently. Yeah. Some so. of the DJs on three day weekend would be like Spider, E Rock, Neil Jackson, Bella Fiasco, Romeo Bella Reyes, Fiasco, Romeo Reyes, the Captains, Tina T, the Captains, Tina T, mm-hmm. um, Quiz, yeah, right, Love Quiz. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Right, we're probably missing some people too, but. No, I think that's pretty much it. So actually, yeah. fashion used to be on with you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> Jesus Christ, crooked! I know, right? <laughs> that fucking mixed up drink is getting to you. Too great. <laughs> nah, Mark up to turn red once you said that. He's like, oh fuck, here He's we like, go. Oh shit, man. What, go. I'm gonna get that call. No, no, I love fashion. Fashion's the best. You know, he just went his separate ways, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I still love that dude. Like, I look up to him too. So he went back to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you call that? In Lord the, Sif. Thank you, Lord Sif. What is it? This drink. I'm the yeah. one that's supposed to be drinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! What, what was that shit? The WWE when Hulk Hogan would go to the dark side. Yeah, when he turned heel. Heel? Yeah, heel. Was that the evil, the dark side? Yeah, heel and baby face. Okay. So he went from baby face to heel. So he's, he's a Sith Lord now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he's Hollywood Hogan. Uh, <laughs> fashion is back to the Sith Lord. <laughs> Full disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions of Road Podcast are strictly their own and not me in Three Day Weekend. Oh, <laughs> that's us. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so wait, so what do you do for Three Day Weekend, DJ Agency? So you must deal with all the crybabies. Where's my flights? Mm-hmm. Where's my hotel? Can you book me here? You Why'd book you book there? the flight so Why early? Here, right? <laughs> really, Spirit Airlines? Is that yeah. what you're doing? Oh no, we're 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 a step <laughs> above Spirit. Come on, man, Delta for life. So yeah, Delta's probably the best airline right now. I think so. Yeah. I think so. So it's yeah. been yeah. American Airlines used to be dope, mm-hmm. but in, probably in the past ten years they fell the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then United fell off when they I think when they merged with Continental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was a fucking wrap. 
Yeah. And Jet, and I, and remember, Jet Blue. I remember East Coast motherfuckers loved Jet oh, Blue. Oh, man. Because oh. it was cheap back in the days. And then their prices just went up. And it was just like. But they, just, they were also ahead of the technology. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jet Blue in the 2000s were the first planes where every seat had a headrest. Yeah. A TV and a headrest. Oh. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like a standard thing. I used to love flying Virgin because Virgin had all this. Yeah, I mean, Virgin was. Ahead. It was like, it was like, like yeah. a nightclub. Like a, <laughs> no, like a shuttle. Yeah. That shit was dope yeah, Virgin as was like a space shuttle. Yeah. I don't know what happened yeah. to them, but they just fell off. Virgin. Virgin felt like, remember that movie, like the Odyssey, the Space Odyssey 2001? Yeah. Yep. I felt like I was in like 2001 Space Odyssey. I thought I was in Soul Plane. Yeah. <laughs> Soul I don't know plane. about Soul Plane. Yeah. Yeah. That's a stretch. <laughs> I thought we're talking back to spirit now. <laughs> <laughs> Why are people wilding the fuck out on flights nowadays? It's, Bro, it's so crazy. crazy. It's I've been I, like I've been like the past couple flights I've had. Uh-huh. I've had dudes like, have I said this before? Oh no, I think you said. It. I'm not sure, but you can reset. It, yeah, yo, just like these fucking dudes were like having heart attacks on the plane. Oh yeah, 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 and, like mm-hmm. turning color yeah. or some shit like that. Like they're zombies. just doing so much drugs. Doing, yeah, like literally, there was a guy who was turning blue who was seated behind me. Was oh, they man. leaving Vegas or? Yeah, we were in the air. He must have hang out with Rico. It, we, he, he looked like so out of it, and wow, of course man. they're like they were both white dudes, <laughs> and it happened at the same exact time. Like they were one, sitting next to each other. No, the dude just looked like he did not know where he was, and then he wasn't breathing. Oof, oof. And then he was kind of like, oh, 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 and he was, and I, I've never seen anyone literally turn blue. Like the color in his face was going, was going Damn, away. Man. That's Damn. crazy. And they, had, you know, they went on the fucking loudspeaker. That says, "Is there a doctor anywhere? Is there a doctor?" <laughs> was there a doctor huh? on the plane? No, nah, there's a bunch <laughs> of DJs though. There was, just, there was this one dude. There was this one dude, and his wife was like, "Yo, like, stand step up. up, step the fuck up." <laughs> he was like, "This is your time to shine." Fourth <laughs> quarter. <laughs> he was like, "I'm a, I'm a physical therapist." <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm a psychologist. What am I gonna ask? Why I feel like everyone's wilding out on planes. This is just crazy right now. I don't know if it's just me. Nah, it's not on my flights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't fly Spirit. But when I feel, <laughs> when I go on social media, it looks crazy. It's, yeah, people punching like, each other. It looks shit. really wild. I know. Like people don't get that they're gonna get like a fucking. It's a federal crime. Yeah. To like fight yeah. on a plane, like you'll get. You'll get on the uh, the blacklist, right? You'll never fly again. Yeah, the do not fly list. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking nuts. Well, did you hear what uh, designer the panda boy the panda panda panda? Yeah, oh yeah, he, he was, oh he was jerking off on the airplane, bro. Yeah, and he I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> I got some wild stories. <laughs> what about not not about jerking, jerking off on off a plane? plane? <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> But I've heard a lot of crazy shit. Some nasty shit. I've heard some crazy shit. Yeah. Anyway, oh, welcome to Vegas. Yeah, well, <laughs> cheers. And you guys wonder why I drink. Cheers, man. To numb, the, numb the pain. So wait, wait. What exactly do you do for three-day weekend? So basically, I run operations and marketing for three-day weekend. So. Okay. So Justin will he'll seal the deals. He'll negotiate. Justin Zotz. Justin Zotz. He's the owner. He's the owner. Yeah. He's like the head. He's Sujit. Yep. Okay. He's the head honcho. He's by the way. He's one of the greatest dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I swear. He's the baby. He's a great guy. He really is. Like I'm very particular of who I work with. So when like he asked me to come on board, like I was just like it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I literally like I mean. I don't like to say like you know we're family and everything like that, but like you consider him like almost like a father figure. No, no, yeah, that's in, dope. In nightlife in our industry, it's rare to meet uh, like an individual like Honorable. a stand up motherfucker like him. And Justin Zotz is a good dude. Yeah, He's yeah, that's and that's what like we take pride in with our agency. Right, we want to position ourselves as an agency that cares mm-hmm. for the nice. artists. 
Because, you know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we are, we're I, here for you. Violin. Because that's what we're all looking at. A DJ agent. That's the first thing we look for in a, in a DJ agency. Is this right? his, is this <laughs> Yo. Hey, hey, we want to hire some DJs. Are these DJs good? I don't know. But these three-day weekend motherfuckers care. Like, they care really about you. <laughs> they really care. I feel like he's trying to pitch us to join three-day weekend right now. It's like, well, we really care for you guys. The it, second he brings up joining three-day weekend, Mac Agency, Eddie Mac going like kick through the door just <laughs> what the fuck is what, going on what you doing what you doing <laughs> what you trying to who is this <laughs> never Jamie these are my bitches <laughs> <laughs> let's go come on come on let's Bro, go we're, we're recording you <laughs> come get on your, get your shit <laughs> way in the car <laughs> get your shit way in the car let me talk to Marco real quick <laughs> I'm from Jersey too <laughs> oh my god Omar's his backup yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah get in the car <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get in the car. <laughs> Just so wait. So how is so how is it working there? You've been there like a year or so, right? Yeah, a little over a year. I think my anniversary there is like in August. Okay. In a sense. So yeah, no, I love it, man. I'm learning so much. Like I wanted to learn the business side coming out of like lockdown and the pandemic and stuff like that. So because you didn't know if you were going to like DJ full time, so you wanted to do more shit behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean cuz like you know, I DJ all mostly in New York and stuff. And like, yeah. I had a great run 2019, but like, what's a great run? Great run is like, I was playing about like 10 different cities. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. So, but like, the, what cities were you in? I was, I shout out to Audio One. He brought me out to the Bay. I played in Atlanta, Tongue and Groove, yeah, Danny yeah. M down there, Charlotte. I was like a resident at QC Social nice. Lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Don't I played Boston, Philly. 2019 was a great year. I feel like I finally like got into my stride, and I was like moving in like the right direction. So I loved it, man. And then and then everything shut down. Yeah, right. and then everything shut down. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Start from scratch. Yeah. yeah. Thinking, what is this streaming about? With scratch. <laughs> I feel like a lot of DJs they want to travel, and then when mm-hmm. they travel, they, they don't, don't want to rea- travel. Well, they don't realize everything involved in travel. That's a lot. And, and then like spinning in another city and like mm-hmm. kind of like the pressure of spinning in another city, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit. To be honest though, I love it. Yeah. You stick me yeah. on a plane, yo, ship me to Alaska. Like I just love learning about the different markets. I always pick something up. Mm-hmm. If, even if it's just not the music, just like how they celebrate, how they party, where they eat. Like I just love the different cultures in the, in the cities. Because I mean, America's a big spot, you know? And like things are so different. Like, yeah, people say like, oh, we kind of play the same music, but no, there's a couple of gems in there that like are strictly local. So, and the best is to go to like a city where like it's not one of the big cities because they go the hardest because they ain't got much to do. So, so like, oh shit, Marco Penta. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, from New York. Oh my god, <laughs> New York's very young. Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> we got to get a babysitter for that <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. That was so yeah, we gotta we gotta bring in the cows. You know, hey Jen, hey Jen, hey Marco Pinto's in town. We can't get a babysitter. We might have to leave the baby in the car while we go. <laughs> yeah, leaving the baby in the car with the AC on. Yeah, we should not be drinking. <laughs> I recorded this podcast. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> mixed up. Bad idea. Shots to mixed up. Yeah, mixed shot, up. Shot to mixed up. Mixed up. Shot to tired and mixed up, man. This, I'm, I'm drinking the watermelon jalapeno. What are you drinking, Nev? Lemon raspberry mojito. You like that joint? It's good. It's like vitamin water a little bit. Marco Pence yeah. can't even read anymore. Look at him. He's like, what is this? Like, it's all blurry now. <laughs> you got the mixed margarita, right? I got the classic margarita. It's yeah. dope. We got like an orange peel flavor. They got like six other flavors. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're from New Mexico, man. Moscow Mule. <laughs> yeah. They're popping in San Diego right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Good. Anyway, so wait. So like with traveling, what's your favorite city that you've been going to? Because I see like whenever you go to a city, you do like this whole TikTok recap thing. Like vlog like, and shit. Hey, this is, you know, my Uber came fast and this is the best. <laughs> and then, I don't and do, this, I don't do this, all that. Man. <laughs> look at my hotel room. The bathtub's so big. And then. Uh, Ta-da, look at the lights. And then I'm uh, like, oh, like. This bar soap. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they're really giving you a lot out here. It, like this is the best barbecue I've had, and this listen, I don't know who you following, man. That ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so no, but like, what's your favorite city and shit like that? I mean, currently, I mean, I have a lot, but like, I would say Charlotte's dope. Charlotte, really? Charlotte. Charlotte's a really dope. Uh, all city. the cities you name, Charlotte's the one. Yeah, man, because like it's <laughs> it's a small city. Like I feel like they wild out, they go crazy, even on like especially like on Sundays and stuff. Like they just nonstop. So great people down there, you know, great weather, great food, yeah. It's a fun spot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's New York doing, man? Last time I saw you in New York, you would you were killing um that spot in the LES. I didn't, you know, I never really went to the LES like that. Mm-hmm. The LES mm-hmm. is like really popping with like all these young kids. It's always been like that though. Is it? Back in the days, yeah. I don't I don't remember yeah. like it, maybe when like in the two thousands, I maybe I wasn't I going mean, to I the mean LES. like in the nine like well, the mid nineties, late nineties. Yeah, yeah. Like Bob's um Yeah, Sapphire, I went to Bob's I all those spots yeah. like around the area. It was I always, always the LES. younger crowd was always hanging out downtown. Yeah, I was really? the LES was popping. But like it's like models and shit like that. No, 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 it's no models. It's like more younger. Oh yeah. yeah. Like more of a hipster. Well, just like younger, younger crowd, yeah. yeah, like almost like maybe a little above who's college. Hit, who's not really hitting the clubs, but that the age where they, yeah, you they in college, yeah, oh, like sure. college and up mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit, like, yeah, something yeah. like the downtown of Vegas, thing. I, yeah, because at some point, I, yeah. I think in, a, in New York in the 2019 18, mm-hmm. like bottle service was, wasn't cool. Some promoters I would talk to, they would just tell me like, yo, like models don't want to go to bottle service clubs anymore. They, they, they think that shit is like, yeah, we're gonna go see yeah. corny or douchey or some shit. Yeah, I mean, some of them still kind of think that way. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. but I mean. A lot of it went out the window when the pandemic mm-hmm. happened, and then when New York opened up, it was just like "fuck it, we going out." We yeah, it was like a crazy reset to Renaissance. Right. There was like, like no judgment. It was like, yeah, "Yo, yeah, whatever, yeah. let's just go out." You open, like let's just go. Yeah, yo, people are wiling yeah. out. So Is the energy still the same because oh. I'm start I'm starting to see like maybe on the West Coast and in certain cities that I go, like it, you know everyone's starting to get back to like. You know, like regular, a little bit like, oh, you know. Normalcy type of like, shit? Like, yeah, like same old shit. You know, we went out and it's like that pandemic appreciation like <laughs> dissipated and shit. It went away. Nah, definitely New York. Like it's literally still in full force, still going. There's new clubs opening up all the time. I think literally there's about like three or four that are now set to open. Yeah. Like it's just people mm. are still going crazy. Wow. The only thing that hasn't recovered in my personal opinion yeah. is just like, the late night scene. Like, they go hard early, right. but then they burn themselves out, so. Right, right, right. But it's a very young crowd. Like Even the food, like, late night, it's not the same. Like, there's not as many options. It's what are we talking about? Same. Past 3 o'clock in the morning here? It's like, past, like, 3.30. Okay, so that's 3, the late yeah. Yeah, but um, in New York, there used to be, like, a, a bunch of options where to go. Like, exactly. Yeah. But like, even now, like, uh, what's what's that Cuban spot I like to go to? Oh, on 14th Street? Copiella. Copiella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were closed for a bit. They just reopened uh, like a few months ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're back to 24 hours. Thank back God. back to 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I love yeah. that spot. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's kind of weird like that where the late night isn't popping like it used to. So one one thing that I did notice was that like when the pandemic, you know, when, when happened and, and shit was opening up in New York, mm-hmm. every DJ was complaining about rates. Mm. But then in the past year or so, like motherfuckers have stopped complaining 
And I heard the rates are going up in New York a little bit. Listen, man, don't make it hot, bro. Don't make it hot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I heard. Though, Calm right? down, 6 9 Yeah, honestly, I got to say, like, damn, I got to let it out the bag. But yeah, no, rates are actually getting better in New York. But right. I think the reason why is because of the competition. For certain companies or all companies, all clubs, all venues? Uh, Certain. certain so, ones. I mean, there's still like, you know, I won't mention anything. Right, right. What do like, you mean yeah. by competition? Like just just the number of like spots to go out to now like there's so many and again like they're opening up so many different clubs and lounges and bars that like they gotta compete they gotta like get talent a lot of DJs like after the pandemic sometimes they they left DJing so you know so like the pool of DJs of like I guess the older experienced ones got smaller there's a new wave of the younger ones too right but like you know depending on like what they want what kind of vibe they're trying to curate like it's very particular DJs that they gotta get so. And, you know, if it's competition, the rates naturally go up. So, What is the standard time set, set time for a New York DJ now? Well, I mean, it depends. Like, uh, you can go anywhere from, like, 10 to 4 a.m. or 11 to 4 a.m. But, like, I mean, there's some spots now where, like, they'll let you get an opener and then you'll go from, like, 1 to 4 a.m. or, you know, 4.35 if it gets that crazy. But it doesn't, it really hasn't gotten that crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. It's really, like, a 3 a.m., 3.30 kind of like let out yeah like crowd like that's which is like changed in the past probably five to eight years yeah i I just think the younger gen they don't stay out as late yeah i think they're just more health conscious too they're not you know but they want to do shit during the day oh yeah so different cooler shit yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's like there's day parties to go to there's all these other options to do in the day yeah i think there should be more day parties honestly i think that's the way for the summer i think there's going to be more day parties yeah 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 I mean, is there a lot of spaces in New York to do day parties? I would think so, yeah. Like, a lot of restaurants also, like... Because, again, remember when they had that, like, stipulations when they were first slowly opening up? They're like, you got to serve food and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of restaurants that are now bringing in, like, DJ equipment and having DJs, too. Just, like, an added, like, bonus and things. So. That's pretty cool. There is, like, a limited supply of bottle service DJs, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. In, like, in almost every city. It's, like, really? kind of... Because it's an old... Man, I don't know if I and you could quote me like you could you could correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but there it's like an old style to read a crowd and keep the crowd there for DJs. Mm-hmm. So the next gen of DJs, I'm not saying all of them, but a majority of them are you know kind of entering the DJ realm like artists, where they're like really trying to be performative and have a certain style mm-hmm. and an edge. And play whatever they want. And not caring who stays and who goes. Well, I mean, I'm sure they care about that, but I, I just don't think they're focused on like reading a room and being mm-hmm. like, well, I got to keep bottles here and these people dancing and I got to switch genres. I'm like reading the room like, oh, I, I these tables yeah. are like Latin. They want reggaeton. This table wants this. Like they're not like as in tune as some of these other bottle service DJs that have been like working for the past 10 plus years. I don't think that's an old style. I think that's the correct style. Of no, music. I don't think a lot of young DJs want to do that. Like, they, I don't think they're like, I think in the 2000s, all the DJs were kind of like, yo, I want to be a bottle surface DJ. Like, I want to fucking, you know, I want to be, that's where all the celebrities are going. Mm-hmm. That's where like all, all the, the models, all, all the, the models, actors. all like, you know, like you, like on a, you know, New York Post, mm-hmm. page six, they yeah. were always talking about the nightclubs. Mm-hmm. Even in Vegas, it was bottle service nightclubs. Yeah. But now like, you know, in the 2010s and as shit evolved, it's like, that's not really, it's, it's kind of like an old, I, mean, I don't, am I wrong? I, I think you're wrong. 
No, honestly, I think you're like spot on, honestly. So yeah, because yeah, my the personal whole thing, opinion. Honestly, like this. Because I think coming no. up as a DJ, your main thing is keeping people there. And now, I because no. I'm talking to the bookers, and the bookers are like, "Yo, I'm booking younger DJs, and they don't really get it." Mm-hmm. That's and that, and that's and and I was talking to like MoMA. I talked to like Raw. I talked to all my homies, and we're like, "Why are we still working right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like there should have been a younger gen that took took over." I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, nah, we did, like yeah. never. We're still working. I know, like, which is like, crazy, right? Like this. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> we're still getting no, yeah. But there should have been a younger gen that should have taken over the yeah. shit it's, and and just been bodying us. Yeah, exactly. No. I always tell you guys, DJ is so young. DJ still, and if you really want to give it an age, it's maybe in the 50s. DJ is a very young thing. We still see Jazzy Jeff. We still see these oldest cats. Like a craft. Yeah, it's still a very young thing. Yeah, we've, but that, but that's it's like we've never thing. seen a DJ be in his fifties or in his sixties DJ yeah, yeah, and killing true. it. So that's what I'm saying. It, you can't. I mean, say, no, it depends on hip hop. Maybe not hip hop, but there's DJs like um, Junior Vasquez, Carcox. Exactly. Those but are like those dudes are killing it still. I mean, look at Tiesto. I don't. I think he's in his forties, fifties, or whatever. But yeah, it's it's still a young thing to like. Tiesto will never say he's in his forties and fifties. Yeah, yeah, but we know that because I was like ten when I first discovered him, and I'm like, oh, he has to be at least thirty here. I'm, I'm not forty. I'm I'm thirty. I'm thirty-two. Thirty-three. 32. Okay, kiddo. I have no age. I'm no just, age. I'm, I'm timeless. I'm, I'm timeless. Timeless Tiesto. Yeah, timeless. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. A lot, of, like, a lot of people say I look twenty-eight to sometimes. You know, <laughs> it's not, it's not like it's, you're so funny. It's it's not 20. like <laughs> it's not. Like like a basketball player that you know he needs to retire at 40 right but even like, with uh-huh. DJs I knew that started around the time I started yeah. they just stopped doing it we're actually the first generation that kept going I know yeah <laughs> yes, but that's actually, what I'm saying yeah. you know yeah. that's yeah. just like, like that's the crazy shit we're stubborn it's, yeah. it's like fuck yeah. it we will, we will keep no, I'm making this you. money I don't, I don't think it's stubbornness because it's the same thing about hip hop and rappers right it was corny to be in your 40s and rapping that's why you know Jay Z took off and he retired and became the president or whatever but you still have right now 2 chains killing it and he's well in his 40s and he's still making good music so again, rapping and DJing are very young craft, as you said. Yeah, but we got Drake retiring now. Did you hear? You guys hear about that? I don't think he's retiring. He's not be tired. <laughs> Way too much money. <laughs> but Is he retiring? Supposedly. Yeah, he was saying that supposedly he wants to retire. He has like two more albums in the can. Too. Yeah. But like I said, I don't think there should be a generation to replace you guys because the amount of experience and shit like that you guys have is not gonna be these kids are not gonna be able to do it. I don't I don't think I don't think he understands because we're like the OGs. Mm-hmm. So we're setting the tone. We're like we he thinks we're like we're following a path. No, I think he's creating the path. I don't no, think no, you guys like, are following the no, path. No no I'm saying like all the DJs that we looked up to kind of retired. Mm-hmm. And it was like kind mm-hmm. of they were kind of like, yo, I'm over this and I, I gotta either do something else. Or but what, do something why were else. they over it? Because of the music. Nah, but even like the fucking some of the DJs from the nineties and the eighties, yeah, they just they just kind of you get phased out. Exactly. Yeah. They phased, okay, phased out and retired. They get phased out, and then they just but, like fuck two, it. But you gotta look. You gotta look. And it, like by the two thousands, when you know I was coming on the scene, and Neville was like kind of like running shit on the scene in the early two thousands. Yeah. Like the, the the past twenty years, a lot of the DJs retired. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those things where even when we, we opened the store, I was like, "Yo, we gotta like set some shit up, yeah, because we can't DJ forever." I, yeah. Yo, and I gotta give you guys your flowers. You guys made it possible. Like when I was growing up, like because I think I'm like right after you guys in a sense. 
I would look up to you guys because I, I thought it wasn't a viable career. But then I see you guys, and you guys made it That's a viable career. That's what I'm career. saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you guys were, you all continue the path. Y'all didn't stop it. As but we were never like superstars. We were just like you know, we were just like and we grunts. never had a problem with the music. We like like you said, we adapted to the new music. It was like yo, this shit is still good. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of DJs like. A, that was DJing with, with us at the time. They were like, then they wasn't feeling the new music, the but, new hip hop. But also, maybe what happens is like some of these DJs we're talking about, they were so big and they represented like an era. Yeah, of course. And yeah. the problem yeah. is. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, what DJs are you speaking about? Well, and the problem is because they were so big and they represented an era, the era ended and mm -hmm. then they're, they're kind of like. They didn't know how to like adapt to, to, to move know. on yes. to the next. Um, yeah, just to, just to be like, oh, it's okay to just keep DJing because mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, what am I going to do next? Well, yeah. let, let me know? ask exactly. you guys this: Do you guys think it was like an ego thing? For them? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like you know, I wouldn't say. An but ego, we but we were so under the radar that we just kept working yeah. and yeah. working, and we were just kind of known throughout the industry as like, oh, those are the dudes that like they hold the rooms down. Yeah, but they ain't like big name motherfuckers, yeah. you know? Yeah. So then it became a thing to be like, yo, we want to be kind of like, we kind of want to do like bottle service like them because they're making steady money. Mm -hmm. They're like kicking up, but they're not like, and and then they're just like, they we just keep going and going. Like you brought he's a major uh, person in an era, which is the boom bap backpack era. When that era kind of went away, Fun Flex, Funk Flex came in and that was his time to shine in the 2000s. So there's always that. Nah, Flex is rocking it in the nineties also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he blew up more in in the, in the early two thousands. He was doing the car shit. He was doing the radio shit. He was breaking records. That was his time. I I think Flex was diversifying in the two thousands. Mm -hmm. I think Flex was killing it in the nineties because he had like his mixtape that went out on a real label, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then he had like the tunnel mixtape. Yep, but he, that's, he had the tunnel. That's yeah, it. Like, yeah, the tunnel. Two, two, you know, but that mm -hmm. was like what late nineties, early two thousands. That's what I'm saying. Like the Ford Flex, the lugs. <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. the shoes. He did all this shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, the lugs was crazy. The lugs yeah. was crazy with the little spinner. Yo, be honest. Did you guys ever rock the lugs? Hell yeah! <laughs> I, I, never, I never had a pair of lugs. Uh, we, you know, we were we were rocking Vasque boots. Oh, really? Yeah. Basket boots? Not even with, the Tims? <laughs> with Tims? Yeah, Tims, of course. Beef yeah, and broccoli. Yeah, but beef and broccoli, bro. <laughs> no, course, but, the, but the lugs were like bootleg Vasquez boots. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what they were? Yeah. Okay. Vasquez, <laughs> I knew them as lugs. No, nah, no. Nah, Vasquez boots, like not a lot of motherfuckers know about this. It's, it's, it's probably just a New York or East Coast. Yeah, I don't know I what you're talking about. I think it was the New York thing. But yeah. Vasquez boots was the fucking shit. Like you had corduroys and you tuck your corduroys into the fucking Vasquez <laughs> boots. But like mad. the lugs literally copied... Like the, the silhouette, it was, it was like a. I think they kind of merged the beef and broccolis with the Vasque boots. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and that was the lugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were like they were doing yeah, shit we with never, Birdman with fucking. We would flags. never fucking. I would never wear. Lugs. Never own a pair. Of lugs. <laughs> I did never for sure. I did. <laughs> did you wear Carcani? You did. No, I yeah. never. No, I did. I never owned a pair of Carcani. That's more West yeah. Coast shit though. No, no. Was, I had serious? a pair of the kicks. It was in yeah. New York. It was yeah. big in New York. Really? First, yeah. Oh yeah. It was big. I was talking about the old Carcani with the K. No, even before that, with the fucking, uh, I never, I never had any type of carcanine with the with the metal labels and shit. I know, yeah. yeah. Was that first? No, it was the K that was first because that had the metal labels. No, that was first. That yeah, metal labels. Metal labels. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, that was the, that was the original carcanines. Yeah. The yeah. motherfuckers was wearing that shit. Yeah. Nas was always shining them out too. Huh? Nas was always shining. Nas and Tupac, yeah. bro. Just, you so you grew up in the, like where did you grow up in New York? Uh, so I'm from Midwood, Brooklyn. Uh huh. And then like. I can't say it was like my whole life in New York, and then I moved to Jersey. 
Jersey, oh, you're Jersey boy. I'm a Jersey boy too, yeah. Man, you're half Colombian, half Italian. Yep, that's right. Half Colombian, half Italian. Shit. Damn. <laughs> you got the good drugs. God damn. Is he Rico? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that shit. I don't know. For some reason, Colombian and Italian sounds all types of illegal. Yeah, bro. They make it and they distribute it. Is that and with no say, Come on, man. I'm about to say, he, he ate good as a kid. Yeah, he Italian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So wait, what, what were you growing up in Jersey with? Like Redman and shit? What was you <laughs> Hoboken? Nah, Naughty by nature? Naughty by nature. You Did you see that recent interview with Redman where he said there's a dark side is his least favorite album? Nah, oh, they, are you serious? He was in he was in a interview and he was telling them that like there's a dark side is like the worst album he made. He doesn't perform any songs from the album. That's like one of my favorite Redman albums. He hate, he, wow. like, <laughs> he said not only does he like not like it, he doesn't like remember recording the shit because he was so high. I remember yeah. him. I saw him do an interview saying that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he but was I, so high I, he forgot. He was saying that it was one of his worst. Really? Like he, oh. he his least favorite. Wow, like, right. like people who come up to him and say, like he said, there's shorties that tell him that that's his favorite album. Uh-huh. He looks at them like, something's wrong with you if that's your favorite album of mine and shit like that. Wow. Yeah. So Damn, you didn't grow man. up on Redman? <laughs> nah. I actually grew up listening to a lot of 90s alternative rock. Okay. Believe it or not, yeah. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, alternative rock like... Like Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. like Offspring, oh. like Pearl Jam, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, like long yeah. ass hair. <laughs> it's not a face, mom. Yeah, like jean no, shorts. No, that's, that's emo, bro. There's a big difference in that. So yeah. Yeah, you were like, like in jean shorts and shit. Yeah, flannels. Flannels. I know what you. I yeah. know what you was. I had like a. No, I had like. No a, wonder he wasn't wearing carcanai. <laughs> <laughs> when the fuck were you wearing carcanai then? No, like I had a hip hop phase too. Like you okay. know, I went through it all. So. I guess it was a phase, huh? Phase, you? huh? <laughs> so what was you listening to during your hip hop phase? During my hip hop phase, a lot of Nas, a lot of Farside, a lot of like, let me think, Biggie, of course. So this is like yeah. early mid nineties, mid nineties, mid nineties, I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. in a sense. So yeah. So you started with alternative. Yeah, so I started with alternative rock, right? I used to listen to like K Rock back in the day. See, back in the day though, it was like, it was always hip hop and rock. You know, mm-hmm. I would listen to both of them and everything. Like, that was, like, the thing. It, they didn't really, like, stick to one and everything like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At least where I was at growing up. Like, everybody kind of, like, listened to everything in a sense. And the only thing is, is just, like, it came to a point where I would listen to 92.3 K-Rock all the time. And there was a show on weekends called Solid State with Liquid Tot. And that's when, like, the industrial electronic stuff started happening. Like, the Crystal Method, the Prodigy, all that song right. started coming up. And then I started getting slowly into like electronic music and like the classic house, like the '90s house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like I would do parties, and then like I had friends that they would go to Portugal every summer. I have like some Portuguese friends, and they would come back with these CDs of like trance and stuff. Like I knew about Tiesta before it really kind of like hit its stride in America here because of them. Mm. So literally, like we would all just pull our music together. And then I also had like a Trinidadian and Jamaican friend. That would also, like, we would all DJ. We would literally just pull all our music together and we'd just throw parties, man. It would just go crazy. Wow. I, I was just talking to one of my homies about Prodigy. And yeah. now, like, just watching the video uh, Firestarter mm-hmm. for the first time, just hearing that song and watching the video was, like, the scariest. <laughs> but, like, it, it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. But it was like that I was kept, the shit though. But man. I kept watching it because it was so good. It was like something I was like, damn, this shit sound good though. Yeah. 
but it's so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the Smack My Bitch Up yeah. video? Yeah. I mean, that, oh, that yeah. was the big deal. The Smack My Bitch oh, Up yeah. video was like, it went viral. Wasn't it banned from MTV, right? Yeah, because it's like a first person view, right? right? The whole video. And you think it's like a guy doing all this messed up stuff in like clubs and everything like that. And and like doing, he's doing drugs. He's like, he's like making out with chicks. He's having one night stands in bathrooms. He's doing coke. Yeah. He's, and he's like, the night never ends. He's just <laughs> debauchery after debauchery. And then the end of video is it's a chick. Yeah, it's a girl doing it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn. So, but it was like, smash my bitch. <laughs> I was just watching. I was like, damn, this is what white people do. No <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so that was that was really for me. All of that shit. MTV opened the doors for that shit. Yeah, no, MTV was like it changed everything. Yeah, seriously, and like so much culture and everything, just like right in front of you and stuff. So yeah, and like the house parties back then were just crazy like i remember how you guys are talking about like the west coast party scene but there was also like a house party scene in new york and new jersey too oh, as for well. sure mm-hmm. yeah 100 yeah. yeah and then what was dope is like djs even from like maryland would come up right and they would play some be more club before where everybody knew what be more club was so like it was crazy so like literally we're just exposed to all this new music and like having these crazy parties Shit. So, when, when, when did you start djing I started DJing, I want to say, like, around 98, 99, when I was, like, about 13, 14 or so. Mm. Yeah, and, like, back then, like I said, it was, like, still on vinyl, right? And there was, like, we had, like, the bootleg-ass rigs. Like, literally, like, a CD player with, like, the aux and the RCA on, like, a home receiver. But we had the time of our lives. We'd be, like, to do a party, be, like, yo, 100 bucks, and we'd blow it all on vinyl or, like, the CDRs, and, like, we'd just, just yeah, burn, yeah. burn a whole couple, yeah. And then, like, we just all take turns, man, because we, we also, like, we're DJing, but we also want to, like, talk to the girls and have fun and, you know, just socialize and just live our lives, man. So it kind of came to, like, a, a crash, though, because, like, a lot of, like, police started noticing all these crazy parties and they started shutting it down. So, And this man. was in Jersey? This is when I was in Jersey, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, wait, when you were in Jersey, like, wanting to DJ, where you're like, damn, I want to I want to DJ in the city. Yeah, that was that was my dream. And I would even take the bus into like into New York and stuff and like we'd go record shopping. We'd go to A one, Rock and Soul. Right. And but I also went to Satellite, which was more like the electronic and yep. the house yep. record scene on Bowery. Yeah. So eight ball records was there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what was the other one that was on like uh Bleaker off of Bleaker? Bleaker Street, I think records. Bleaker Street. Bleaker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're still there, yeah. They're still there? I think so, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. And then we'd buy all our equipment off a of canal and like canal hi-fi. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yo, you, I used to haggle like a motherfucker. Me too, man. Shit. Oh well, yeah. How much were your first turn? What were your first turntables and how much did you pay for them? Actually, I got my first turntables in the Bronx. Uh-huh. I got one technique. I paid regular price and I got a German. Like twelve hundred? No. No, it was there was it was a shop in the Bronx. I think I paid all right, I had a thousand. My grandfather gave me a thousand dollars to buy equipment. Damn. So <laughs> what year was that? This is nineteen ninety. And you guys Holy saying shit. I'm eating good? <laughs> and so I bought a technique, got a Gemini. And really? I, you know so the crazy part so was you went to your grandfather, you was like I told him I want to be a DJ. Can you give me money to start start my DJ thing? Yeah. Gave me a thousand dollar check. Got it cash. That's it was a Saturday, got it cash. Instead of having somebody drive me to the electronic spot, I went by myself. I took like three cabs back and forth, back and forth, got the technique. Got a Gemini um, turntable, got a Gemini mixer, mm-hmm. and um, I already had a receiver, so I used that, and I bought a double double cassette deck. Wow. And I had speakers in the crib already. And it took me, like, like I said- I That took, was a G? A thousand dollars, yeah. 
you, you kind of got got a little bit, right? Don't you think? Nah, I mean, it, I, I had a technique, which to this day, I still had that same technique. Yeah, but technique. the techniques at that time were like 400, 450, right? Like, no. Like, I, was, I thought it was 350. They were like no. five and six. They were no, like no, no, no. In the no, no, I got, it, I got it oh, in the huh. electronic shop in the Bronx, and I haggled with them. And it was 400. Like, it was like 400, yeah. Yeah. The German, I was like maybe 250. Okay. And like I said, I got a receiver. And I already had speakers, and I bought a double double cassette deck. Okay, so you and didn't spend the, all the and then the mixer. No, it, it all came out in the mixer. It all came out to around thousand dollars. Oh shit! Yeah, I think I spent three hundred dollars, three fifty. Are you serious? Really? I got, Damn. I got two linear tech <laughs> belt drives. Oh, they're belt drives. That's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I, and then I just got some needles, and I was three. And, and also had to get needles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have a mixer, Kirk? Uh, one of my boys gave me a Gemini mixer with the meters. Not the LED ones, though, like the, the new yeah, yeah, ones. The old school one. There's <laughs> yeah. like literally one with the wood panels on the side. That everyone oh, oh shit. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking the about. The one from East exactly Street? Talking, yeah. And it was, it was like, it's metal. I know. It's a exactly metal face. About, yeah. It's like really well made. Freaking uh-huh. <laughs> 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 The one on Street. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I meant Juice. The one oh, Juice. Oh, Juice. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What about you? Yeah, no, I had the, the Gemini. I think it was the 949 that I got for like 200 bucks and like the first turntables we had, it wasn't even mine. I, I used like, we would all like pull our money to get the gear mm. and then like we'd rotate it in each other's house. Like one week my homie would get it and then the next week my other homie would get it. Yeah. So we could all just like take turns practicing but it would be the worst with like one of the homies gets a girl and always spends time and like always forgets to pass off the equipment. I'm like bro, where you at? Come on man, we're trying to pick up this gear and do this party. Da, da, da. So, that and then so, like we, so the so the motherfuckers who, who didn't get girls ended up being the better DJ. Yeah, <laughs> and here, here I am, guys. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so wait, what, what was the first club you went to in New York? The first club I DJed? No, that no, you, you went to. to. Oh, I went to. I wanted to say it was it wasn't Limelight, but it was I think Avalon. It was the one after Limelight. Oh wow. Yeah, I think that was the first one I went to. Damn. I could believe it. Yeah. When, and then, what was the first? Who was the first DJ you saw? You're like, damn, I really want to do this shit. Like, I want to be like them. As good as that. I, I think it was like Paul Oakenfold back then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So you were more into dancing. Yeah. No, I, I love like the trance and house music scene. Oh. So yeah. Wow. But the thing is, like, all the house parties, like, people didn't know that music. That music wasn't readily known. Right. So like, I had to like, it was mostly playing hip hop, reggae, the dance hall, and stuff like that. The be more club. Which actually like took on, which was popping back then. It wasn't that like they knew it, but like they're starting to get to know it. So yeah, that was definitely the era, the blockhouse era, the two thousands. No, this is before the blockhouse era. Yeah, really? Yeah, this is like I want to say like I graduated high school two thousand three, so this is probably like ninety nine two thousand. Like oh wow, this was just bubbling up. Like yeah, because all the Baltimore club that I started getting was in like two thousand five. Yeah, that's when they started doing like the the be more remixes of all the popular songs. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when it really started crossing over into yeah. the regular clubs. Yeah. I didn't, I you know, I don't realize that there's such a uh, a deep, long history with Baltimore Club. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it came also from the the car scene too, like the hot import nights and all those stuff, because those right. DJs would travel back and forth. Um, you know. For the different conventions and parties. Never and, were you hearing any of that shit in New York or not? Not really. Nah, it, it wasn't. Pla- I didn't start hearing it until I moved to Vegas. Right, like yeah. around two thousand four. Yeah, well, two, three, and four. I remember I would like trade music with Fashion, and he'd give me a bunch of these Baltimore club remixes. Yeah, Fashion. and he'd give me like thirty or twenty, <laughs> and I'd I'd be like only using like two of them. You know what? One of the first remixes I just be like I remember it was um, the, um, what you want? Respect, Aretha Franklin. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the Postman. And that one, yeah. Yeah. And then like a whole bunch came oh, out. Postman was yeah, yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like Dance My Pain Away, that Rod Lee joint, and you can't forget the the Rock to Con, uh, Be More Singing Sunday one. Yeah. The outfield. The yeah, outfield. that outfield Your one. Your love. Your love. That was oh, a classic. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I started playing that again. <laughs> I, 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 I always put Rock the Con <laughs> edit on my fucking on my sets. <laughs> I love the the take him to church, um, the Madonna joint. I got that one from Cricket. That shit always hits. That was a great era for like when we were started uh, being able to like make our own edits and play them in the fucking club with Serato. Yeah, it was like the mm-hmm. best shit ever. It was really good. Like y'all made like good quality fucking tracks too. It wasn't like. You know, the it was 320 and it was good. It well, no, that the, the thing is back then we had to re- like record it in Pro Tools or Logic. So mm-hmm. we had to like, we had to know what the fuck we were doing. So the stuff you did for it's uh, for the rub, it was all mastered and all that shit you went through. It all wasn't, it? I mean, there was no mastering back then. There was like nothing mastering available yeah. for us. Oh, okay. But we had to like be like kind of engineers where yeah. I, I feel like, I don't know if pro- producers nowadays, they're dragging MP3s. Into like into projects. (laughs) Well, they're just dragging MP3s into projects, and I think they're trying to EQ things. But I think we had to be better with EQing, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. early, early on. Yeah, I don't know, like we because we had to engineer our own shit. We had to like kind of do all of that, and you know that also helped with uh, DJing as well. Yeah, there was like no Ableton. It was I think it was mostly Pro Tools. It was like Pro Tools, Tools, uh, Fruity Loops, and Fruity Loops. Yeah, Fruity Loops came later. I don't even know. Nah, Fruity Loops Loops been around for really. Yeah, I was like, I remember Fruity Loops. The first software I bought was like in. That was like 2003. No, no. Free Loops was two. Wow, I I remember two. I still have the. I still have it too. <laughs> Damn, never Shit. kept everything. I think there's another yeah. one, Acid or something. I think too. I remember. I remember that. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I remember like the first recording that I had to do was into like four track Tascam uh, recorders. Oh, so we didn't yeah. even have computers. That's crazy. I, you had to really know how to like. I remember. Yeah, I bought I bought the Tascam and yeah. I gave it to you, crooked, because <laughs> I didn't know how to use. It. I was like, I, I, I never you can used, have yeah. this shit, man. <laughs> but I never used yours. Yours was yeah. only like a two channel with like a three four channel option. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. But I ended up having to like. I remember back in the day, I was using like four channel, eight channel Tascam mm-hmm. uh, recorders and, and recording demos. This is when I was like rapping and shit. Uh-huh. But you like, I had to really know how to engineer shit because I yeah. was. And I was studying all the hip hop and how like they were splitting scratches on like the <laughs> left and right ear, yeah, and all of that shit. You know, that was a completely different time. Is this sounding like uh, like an old man fucking back in the day? Back in my days, back in my days, give me the old man voice cricket because you do it. Back in the days, you had to be your own engineer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have plugins. What was a plugin? There was no plugin. <laughs> no Wi-Fi. All that shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, recently on <laughs> recently on Twitter, speaking of old heads, recently on Twitter, there's like this, like, uh, everyone was like getting fucking like uh, enraged about this. Ooh, but sad. like, I don't know if there was a trend. There's a trend of younger DJs asking other DJs on Twitter, like what they play after a certain song. So like, you know, Lil Uzi Vert, I just want to rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like tweeting out like, what, what do you what do you play after the song? You know, uh, just want to get some inspiration. And (laughs) all these old DJs were like, why the fuck are you like asking on Twitter? Why don't you go and research and do all of this shit? I mean, honestly, I don't see nothing, anything wrong with that. You don't? No. Uh, Depends. Here's here's the tweet. Question for all my DJs. What song do you guys play after I just want to rock? Normally we play sickle mode, trying to match the energy, but looking for other ideas. I mean, what's wrong with that? That's a research purpose question. They're doing the research. They're asking, well, 
what would they play? They're not saying. You think that's research? I mean, they're asking a question, yeah. I mean, they just want to get different ideas, I guess. I mean, I've had con- that conversation with you, Kirk. I'm like, yo, I'm getting stuck here. What do you think I should go with it? Da, 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 da. You know, you go here, you go here, or here. So it's kind of a research. Yeah. I'm on the you fence don't think with so? it. I'm on the fence. Why what do you that? think, Marco? Uh, I'm definitely on the fence with it. I'm with you on this one, Kirk. Yeah. So, yeah, because I think it's like, it's one thing to say, yo, is this working for you or not? It's another thing to be like, yo, what do I do after So the this? way he like, presented yeah, the yeah. question was wrong. That's probably what it is, yeah. Because I think it's kind of, like, Cricket's my OG, so he kind of like, oh, you go here, here, here. Yeah. I think so, maybe there's like maybe a lack of education on the music, right? Knowing that mm-hmm. I just want to rock is kind of Jersey Club. Yeah. And knowing that there's a bunch of Jersey Club and Jersey Club remixes you can play around that record. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of producers and people that work in like that <laughs> make those records and remixes. But what if he's mm. not? What if this person is not? Yeah, I mean, under, like, and then fair enough. But the but the thing is to kind of deep dive and know about what style of music that is, and then for him to just take it as pop music and m- mix it into another pop song, which is like sickle mode. That's fine, you know. That's that's uh, that's that's a good that's one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good option. Yeah. It's an yeah. obvious good option. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you know, asking, looking for other ideas, and it's just kind of like you're taking from other DJs, and it's not like. But they're, they're not saying they just want to get an idea of what the other DJs are playing. It's well, not like taking from other DJs because you're. But they, asking, maybe they what do wanna, you play? Maybe they want to see what they're playing, and maybe they want to match. They, they probably think, oh, maybe I could play something similar to what that DJ's playing, or they just want to take the songs that are given to them that are listed. Either way, do, man, and do something easy where I don't have to get off of my ass at all. And do anything. I could if just, you look, I mean, I, I could just tweet out a question, and then everyone's gonna like. But you know, everyone has an uh, opinion. Everybody's gonna give their answers in either ways. Yeah. So, so would you? I have a question. Would you tweet out that question? I would never do that. Why? Because I'm an OG. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but but for no, the younger, no. for, for the younger generations, I understand. They, no, but why wouldn't you do that? There's a number one. And there's always because I'm fucking. I'm from New York. I'm stubborn. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Because you have I'm pride. Not, yes. You have an but, ego. Yeah. Yeah, so is like, that what that's, it is? I mean, that's. <laughs> I don't have. Yeah, I, 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 that's, I, I, that's the second thing about this is like, don't you have any pride not to put yourself out there that you don't know what to play after a song? Like, I just want to. But that's rock. the difference. I feel like the younger generation, they they're like they're gonna ask that question. They don't they don't care about having pride or whatever. They just want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could do what can they do to play after? I wouldn't this, tweet this it out, but just I don't like mind a Jamie, asking. like someone Jamie, would you ever do that? I wouldn't tweet it out, but I would ask my, you know, my OGs, and, yo, I'm getting stuck here. Can you help me? But you see, that's another thing. Why are you tweeting it out and you're not asking fellow DJs? Is it because they don't have? Maybe they don't, you don't have an OG. Oh yeah, if you don't have fellow DJs, yep. What does that mean? What is that? A you're not going out. But you know, you're not every, going every, out. Everybody posting everything on um, and and Twitch and tw- I mean on Twitter. So why not ask that question? It's like. Well, no, no. I mean, the thing is this. There, there's just red flags that we see in this post. And it's like we're overanalyzing, but of course we're going to overanalyze. Yeah, we're overanalyzing. <laughs> we're on yeah. a fucking podcast. Yeah, we're going to overanalyze. And we're yeah. DJs. We have to, yeah. So the red flags we're seeing are like there's no pride. There's no ego, right? There's no like kind of ownership and like, you know, being like, look, I'm going to figure it out myself and I'm going to deep dive in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. Not only that, it's like I'm going to do the research and I'm going to try to, you know, whatever. Like do it myself and figure it out and like really learn about this music and where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. And then the th- third thing would be like I don't have a circle of comrades or friends that I could like Go ask to. about this shit. Maybe they do. You know, maybe they just tweeted this shit out because they weren't thinking. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, maybe they were. Doing- but if they don't have a circle of friends, that means they're not supporting other DJs. 
Mm. And it also means they're not going out. Okay. Right? That could I be mean, a, I feel you on that. Yeah. You feel me? That's a good example. Like yeah. if like I don't care how long you've been DJing, <coughs> if you don't have at least two to three other DJs that you could talk to or be like, yo, what you playing? Or you can at least go see them. You wouldn't be tweeting this shit out. People are tweeting on every other subject. They could, and they was like, "Fuck it, let me ask this question." So I have, a, I have a question. Do you like when motherfuckers do pranks on TikTok? What? No, I'm asking. Do you do you think I enjoy some good pranks? So I'm saying like sometimes it's funny. So recently, sometimes it's just like fucking. So they overdo it. So recently, there's been that kid in London, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and he's been like walking into like strangers' households. He's been walking in that car. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, No, that's man. stupid. Yeah, crazy, that's fucking right? crazy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so basically it's like some people are going to say, well, you know, what's the point? Like he's getting traction. He's People are noticing. He's doing well. So we can defend anything, right? Mm-hmm. So my thing is like, what are you defending with this, with him tweeting this out? In actuality. Mm. Because we can tweet out anything we want. doesn't mean yeah. it's right. You that's know what true. I'm saying? That's true. And you go and the, the, the problem you know also he could have they could ignore that tweet and be like yo f- just worry about yourself but the, but figure the, out yourself but why are people enraged see like I understand both sides I understand that maybe you know I Some don't think guidance. maybe it's just like lighthearted like hey what do y'all play with this mm-hmm. yeah maybe he yeah. was just in the toilet and he tweeted maybe they got a small follow amount of followers that they thought maybe the homies would hit them up yeah yeah the problem is is that. Now you're going to learn a very important lesson <laughs> is that the Twitter world, the internet, the, the social G- media, the DJ Twitter world. it's real out here. It's real. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's not your world. So you have to like, you have to know what the fuck you're saying and you have to realize Absolutely, anything yeah. you share, everyone's going to see. And have an opinion. And have an opinion yeah. on it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so like there's a couple of important lessons in this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of things that we kind of notice. And, it's, you know, like we could even talk to these guys. These guys would be like, you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. We have plenty of homies. We have this. Yeah, but you, you, you tweeted this out. Mm-hmm. So you put you, it you out put there. Yourself, yeah, you putting yourself out there. on Right. So like for me. To get caught out. If you're gonna if you if you're gonna put yourself out there, you gotta know how you put yourself out there. And if you don't put yourself out there, you're gonna bother some motherfuckers, and you're gonna get whatever pushback that you True. may not yeah. expect. You're gonna learn today, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, uh, there were people that were enraged. Cephalo says something. I thought he actually what he said was pretty spot on. What did he say? It's lazy and a shortcut directly to unoriginality. If you can't read the room, go watch other DJs. Play to see what's working, how, why, specifically, in what environments and what they're playing. And what he's saying is true. I think that's not how a lot of maybe new generation gather inspiration hmm. because they don't go out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I think they also there's a, like a social awkwardness to go to a, a spot and not know anyone. Whereas when we were coming well, up, also, we had no option. Yeah, we like had to go out. Yeah. You had to go out. But now you have the internet and you could like, <laughs> you know, like I said, you don't have to go out nowadays. Right. You could just fucking ask the question online. Or just look at TikTok videos. Or look at YouTube videos or, yeah, TikTok videos or But it, I, what Twitch. I think is funny, I talked to some DJs and they're like, yo, during the Twitch era, during the pandemic, a lot of DJs sound like a lot of other DJs. Oh, 1,000. And a lot of them do a lot of shit and act a certain way even like I, I remember I was someone sent me a video of this like either Japanese or Chinese Korean kid oh shit I know exactly what you're going and he looked and he was acting exactly like Four Color Zach. yeah to the T like how he wow. scratched how he danced and how he moved like, was like wow. mannerisms it was the same mannerisms 
as four colors at. Cricket sent it to me. He's like, who does this remind you of? It was like exactly to a T. I was like, who's... Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a... I mean, I don't... You know. No, that's definitely a I mean, we all learn from a motherfucker, you know? Yeah, but when you're copying their mannerisms and their scratches and the way they move and that's a little bit too much. That's more than just jocking somebody's fucking mix. You know what I mean? Like that. But there's also no... It's not sustainable. Like you, you, you were in New York during that era, the the DJM clone era. Oh yeah, definitely. That wasn't so, sustainable. It wasn't so because like not only that, like a lot of people that just wouldn't copy right. Like so, like it was just. I mean, there were some people. that were copying it really well. Yeah, some the ones that copied it well, like you know, they were working steadily. Yeah, they were. Working but then steadily. again, there was no def- they had no definitive style. No, they didn't. So when that shit passed. They almost got phased out a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. Some of them. I feel like a lot of them did get phased yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't hear about them anymore. No. What is the tendency to just, like, pile drive on the younger guys? Like, I'm not necessarily defending them, but, like, I'm just curious. Like, what ever happened? Like, because I, I think it's just, I remember back in the day, the way you would got put on, like, you would just, like, you'd work for somebody else under another dude, right? And then when they couldn't make it or they were sick or whatever, or you were ready, that was your time. And that, that kind of went away. So I feel like we're kind of missing in like, me personal, my personal opinion is, I feel we're missing kind of like the the passing the torch type, I don't know, ceremony or rituals and stuff to keep. I mean, that, that goes back to Cricket's uh, statement about where is the younger generation taking over? Or where's like. No, they taking over. They just doing different things. They're focused on different things. Yeah. Like they're focused like a younger DJ is not like, hey, I want to be a grunt worker for a nightclub. Yeah, definitely. You know what not. I'm saying? Like in the end, I'm a grunt worker for a nightclub. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I might be one of the better grunt workers. You know so, what I'm saying? Just I'm, another working. I stuff. might be maybe more well known than some, other, some maybe other, you clean up after yourself. Yeah, there's other <laughs> there's other grunt workers that are like more well known than me, and mm-hmm. they know other people. They could bring bottles and tables, but in the end, they're fucking grunt workers. Yeah. yeah, but I think especially when you have guys like MoMA, when you have some of these three style DJs, mm-hmm. you know, and and like we were talking about this earlier, like DJ curated parties mm-hmm. are taking over, right? Like I, I can't really think of many clubs that I want to go to, but every party or every spot that I want to go to, to party is everywhere. a DJ curated party. I think the big thing with that too is is it going to translate? Like, yeah, you could throw a party, but like. The party's so specific. Like, for example, R&B and Ribs. They have the perfect spot, right? The perfect crowd, right? And it just, it clicks. Can that necessarily translate? I mean, I hope it does. And I think, actually, uh, Noble Slaps is actually expanding. I think he's doing San Diego, too, right? Yeah. And he did it in Austin. Do you feel like that's going to happen with all these other parties, too, in a sense? I think it's been I think happening. so, yeah. Austin, been was, Austin was pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. I think early on, you're, you're looking at 143. Mm-hmm. You're looking at, like, Peach Fuzz back in the day. Yeah. Even early, early, The Rub. A do-over, too. A do-over. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, those were kind of the earlier parties. But mm-hmm. now, it's just taken over where, like, DJs know this yeah. is a viable option. Yeah. So maybe, like, I don't know, like, was it three years ago or four years ago? At the first um, Beyond the Music retreat, I don't know if any of y'all went. I went. There. I didn't go to you the went. first one, though. No. And everyone was talking about it's frustrating. It's hard to get work. And then everyone was talking about starting your own party, starting your own party. Mm-hmm. And three years later, like there's so many fucking parties. Yeah, there's so many DJ curated parties mm-hmm. now. So it's like, what happens though, though, when the clubs stop trusting the DJs, or the DJs in these clubs aren't offered music director 
or marketing positions mm-hmm. when they should be kind of like influencing what's going on in the club. What happens to the club when they don't take the initiative to speak with their DJs and kind of like curate yeah. the sound that's coming through the club? And we're kind of seeing that right now is that all the bookers are not necessarily music people. And some of them are marketing people, but from what I've been seeing, a lot of the marketing people are analytics motherfuckers. They're analyzing analytics. They're Mm -hmm. not going out. They don't know really what like raw guerrilla promotions are and marketing are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I think we're just in a weird transition state. Honestly, I think that all comes down to like Spotify and the, the way we listen to music now. It's changed so much. Yeah. So it's like, I think... Some of them probably are at a point where, like, even if they are music guys, they, they might not necessarily know what works because things are changing. Like, all these little bubbles are popping up where people, they want to hear one certain thing. I think that's why those parties are doing well because you know what to expect when you go there. Yeah, theme parties. Yeah. Yep. So. I mean, I agree and I don't agree. Okay. I, th- I think the reason why I think these DJ curated parties are becoming successful is because I think it's filling a void. I think there's a predictability that these clubs are offering that isn't interesting. Mm-hmm. The whole experience is uninteresting. You walk in, you get your table, you get your bottles, you sit down, and you hear the top 40 club music. Yeah, I plead yeah. the fifth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. I'm saying like, and the thing is, if you have a good DJ, they take risks and they, they go left and right and they introduce you to new sounds and things that are coming out. Yeah. But what happens when... The pandemic happens. You get affordable DJs, mm-hmm. and these are just really good, like very maybe very technically skilled DJs. Yeah, but they're just not tastemakers. They don't know what's next. They're playing the top forty songs, and I feel like that's what's happening right now. A little bit is that a lot of maybe the tastemakers are creating their own parties, mm-hmm. and some of like the like kind of the workhorses took over the club scenes. But they're not introducing new music because they're not on top of the new music. Yeah. So what's crazy about New York right now? Yeah. What I've noticed is literally older music works. Like disco is like one of the hottest things right now in New York. Like 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And even some like the blog era stuff is like coming back in full force. Like a lot of the newer stuff just doesn't hit in a sense. Or if people want to hear the newer stuff... They go to that certain party that's gonna play the newest stuff that caters to what they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just crazy. I think that's why you know you guys are still working because you guys know that music. You have that catalog. Yeah. So these newer guys, they're kind of. I mean, personal opinion, their attitude, the way they're approaching it, is I'm gonna play what I like. I'm gonna play the SoundCloud stuff, right? And I'm gonna play all the songs that I personally enjoy. And if everybody else likes it, dope. If somebody's telling me to switch it up and everything like that. Why are they telling me to switch it up? This is my, you know, I'm bringing my crew, my crowd, my party and stuff like that. So they see as, and you're right. Like they see, they kind of, I don't want to say it's like dated to them, but like they're just, they would rather do a party or they would rather do like a a fun bar where they can just do everything and, you know, bring in their friends. Yeah. Before (laughs) we end. So like you've been working with three day weekend almost a year. Mm hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're coming from a DJ perspective. Right. But now you're working behind the scenes, so you're kind of seeing what bookers want and what venues want. Right. Like, what's the biggest disconnect that you're noticing that DJs have 
on like what they're doing wrong or what they're expecting, you know, from some of these gigs or some of these opportunities. Great question. I mean, I think a lot of them are getting too much in their heads and they're overthinking things, which I think is almost a common thing. I think like what? Like what do you mean? Like too much pressure on uh performing or Yeah, too much pressure on performing, you know, when really they just gotta just sit back and like take like realize that their job is about having fun. Their job is about like, you know, being personal, being the life of the party in a sense, and catering to the crowd and just not taking things too seriously mm. in a sense. Like doing it seriously I mean, take it seriously as in do your job, rock the room, have fun, but like don't over obsess and overanalyze about things. Don't just worry about only the set, you're saying. Like yeah. having a good energy and being personable and being it, friendly and fun exactly you have to be personable you have to have like a good energy the biggest thing i would say is have a presence like when you walk in like you know who this person is like they you know they stand out in a sense not necessarily you know the way they look but also like you know just their energy like you know they come in you're like oh i want to hang out with this person i'm gonna have a good time like hanging out with this person because that's what a lot of these bookers look for those most of the time are the easiest people to work with too they want somebody who because, I mean, there's great DJs all over, but at the same time, like, you know, am I going to be able to have dinner with this person, bring them out, you know, bring them to the club, introduce them to some of the big clients, you know, and are they going to get along with the clients or the clients going to be like, wow, you know, they're a superstar. It's like pushing more of a lifestyle in a sense and a personality and a brand, you know, because we're we're at that stage now where there's, there's tons of DJs, right? A lot of them are great. What makes you stand out from them? Mm-hmm. So, when you're talking with these DJs and you're explaining this shit to them, are they mostly receptive, or a lot of them kind of like, I'm I'm kind of wondering like, you know, what's the most difficult thing it is like the biggest wall for you to climb to like get into a DJ's head? Well, to be honest with you, like that's not my place. That's not my position in a sense yeah. because the team that we work with, they're all vets, right? They right. all have great personalities. They all have something about them in a sense. Like they have their own thing. Mm-hmm. you know so they kind of know what they do i mean sometimes i do kind of like want to give advice and stuff but then i have to know myself know my place and fall back yeah. because i'm still i'm not at their level they are way above me in a sense mm-hmm. so like i want to aspire to be that level but i need to accomplish big feats or like not big feats but like i have to build my career first before i could you know start giving advice and stuff like that so right right right, right. yeah interesting what so. what do you, what do you think is like the like I feel like a lot of DJs they hit me up mm-hmm. they probably hit you up and they probably have this like like fantasy that if they join an agency still to this day mm-hmm. and like for the past 15 years I've been trying to explain to DJs that this is a fantasy. We've been talking about this on the podcast since we first started <laughs> one. I've been telling <laughs> this to so many DJs but they think that when they join an agency their calendar's just gonna get booked. They're just gonna They're get booked, booked everywhere. Off the bat. Yeah. And they, they, these are like DJs who are probably like they're working steadily mm-hmm. in their own city and they're at the best spots in their own city. But at, even at that caliber, they're like, you know, what what else am I supposed to do? Yeah. Except join an agency. They don't realize there's more to do after that. You know, but what what is the like like I, I feel like there's this fantasy that they're just gonna get a bunch of gigs if they join an agency. I mean, you got to look at it like this. I mean, 
they're not going you're not like in fact you got to work harder once you get into an agency yeah you, may, you know yeah. because technically you're in competition with everybody else but like the great part and the pros of an agency is it's basically the relationships and like the looks you'll get like if somebody looks at art like one dj that's on the roster that's like killing it and they've had them before and like if that dj isn't available they're like okay well let's try and well, they'll they'll go to justin right they'll be like who else do you got and now justin has a bunch of other guys which again it's a it's association game in a sense you're kind of be bigger than what you are if you're part of a team you know yeah. uh rising tide lifts all boats that's what iraq tells us all the time when it's great it's great advice and it's the truth you know that's why we kind of help each other out that's why we keep it like a small solid team everybody has their own personalities but we can trust them in every single room that we put them in mm. but yeah like i get that mm-hmm. that, that the agency is a community right but we're, i'm talking about the fantasy that if a dj joins they're going to get these gigs automatically yeah i mean i i kind of get it because like you're getting like a marketing platform so i guess that's what they see Right. They don't see that the work that the actual DJ themselves puts in. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot of them, they think that they're ready, and they might not be, in a sense. Or they may be king of, like, you know, their market, but they're not hitting the road. And, like, as much as, like, people say, yeah, we play the same music, this, this and that, every market has different personality, different, like, yeah. you know, certain songs that, like, resonate. Like, Bay Area has its own sound. You play in Atlanta, it has its own sound. Charlotte's a little closer to Atlanta, but it's still its own thing playing chicago it's different yeah, you know yeah, true it, i also tell them that if if i don't hear about you i don't know if you're making enough noise because yeah. i'm talking to every dj in every city mm-hmm. and if they're not mentioning you if not at least not three or four of them are mentioning you mm-hmm. yeah. or they haven't crossed paths with you then you're not getting your name out there whether it's remixes or you just traveling or just connect, you know, connecting or showing up to their parties or, you know, booking other DJs or I don't know what it is. Just being in a circuit itself mm-hmm. with motherfuckers hearing you with edits or anything. Yeah. Like if I'm not hearing about you with other DJs, <laughs> you're just not doing you, yeah. you're doing your job, but you're not like getting your name out yeah. there. Yeah, of course. And the beauty thing is, is there's no set solid path. We all have like different opportunities or different ways to make noise. Right. But you definitely just have to make noise. You have to get out there. And I think the biggest thing, advice I would give in a sense is if a DJ's coming to your city, right? Or, you know, you at like a DJ is like, who's the guy in the city? Who's like the top DJ in the city? I just want to know like what it sounds like. Your name has to be mentioned in like the top three in a sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So... If, if, if you, but the thing is also, if you're not rallying for your city and you're not looking out for the peoples in your city, mm-hmm. yeah. no one's going to say your name. Nope. No, of and course. It, it's like, I've been to cities and I'm like, there's like beef in the cities. And I'm like, oh, yeah. That's crazy. Why the fuck y'all got beef in the city? Y'all small as city, number one. Like, why are y'all beefing with each other? Y'all should like be working together mm-hmm. and, doing, and doing shit together. Yeah. Yo, is there anything else that you like get frequent questions from other DJs that you want to address, you know, about like, just agencies or their career in general? I mean, a lot of them, sometimes they just don't even need management. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it helps to get to the next level, but sometimes you're not necessarily there or you could live a great life, you know, in your own path, in your own lane, you know, just being the king of your market. Yeah. I also think like, think like <laughs> consistency and uh, and like just staying in the game is a big thing too. Yeah. yeah. And you don't realize it. Like all of us, well, maybe not you. You're you're kind of like young. I'm still the rookie, man. You're still rookie. <laughs> I'm still. But like rookie. all of us here, like we 
we've gone through ups and downs in different our waves different and ways. some of the lowest points in our careers we just stuck with it mm-hmm. it was yeah. hard but and we were like fucking we were stressed yeah, yeah. we were yeah. probably borderline depressed maybe and you know and there was probably a bunch of personal mm-hmm. shit going on that we were fucking tackling at the same time mm-hmm. but then everything kind of like you know as long as i always tell them like as long as you have your cards on the table you know if you're playing the ante that's cool Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to win the jackpot every time. Right. Just make sure you can play every hand. You stay in the game. Yeah, you're, you're just making the minimum. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're, you're staying in the game and you're getting your cards. That's that's still a win. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. I also think also knowing when to back out of that hand too. Taking care of other people like your circle of inner DJs or like your community right. is also getting offered a gig. But it might not necessarily be the right fit for you. But passing it, giving the alley oop to that homie who you know you know is going to do way better than you in a sense, or it's just a better fit, right? So and then you know one hand washes the other. Yeah, for sure. It's funny you said the thing about keeping your cards on the table because recently Michael J. Fox just put out a documentary, and he was talking about how he first started in Hollywood, and that he was homeless, he didn't have no money, and he was like, he wasn't working at the time, and he just he could have gave up, right? But he said as long as he had a chip in a chair. He could keep going. He's still in the game. Facts. A so chip, the, so a chip in deep. the chair. A chip in the chair. Nice. He chip. got the chair. He got the chip. He could still play the game. He went on becoming being. Which, 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 which phrase do you like better? Chip in the chair or you got your cards on the game? I cards think both of them are pretty sick, to be honest <laughs> with you. But chip in the chair is pretty crazy. The chip in the chair is dope. I, yeah. Nah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> dope. Nah. No, you I didn't even know Michael J. Fox had a documentary. Yeah, he's been doing it. It's on Apple TV. Yeah. Oh, is he's it? been doing interviews, yeah. Oh, shit. That shit must be deep. It's really is he deep, still man. married? Oh, man. He's still married. Yeah. To that shorty? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. That's a fucking trooper, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chip in the chair. <laughs> that that yeah. chip in the chair. <laughs> she's saying that shit every day. Chip in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Chipping God. the chair. Chipping the chair. Keep Michael J. Fox around. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now nah, we, we should probably wrap this shit up though. He we t- don't need two hours of Marco Penta. No. Rome to the Damn, man. Damn. Just kidding, Marco. So we love brutal. you. Bro. Yo, yo, honestly, man, it's it's good to see you, man. We're gonna hang out though. We're gonna go eat and shit. Oh hell yeah. Because no. you extended your stay. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Yep. One in and Vegas. I appreciate during the pandemic you were a big supporter and everything we did, man. Definitely, man. Yeah, I appreciate man. that shit. No, seriously, like I love you guys. Like I've been listening, like I said, since day one. Like, seriously, I love your perspective. I love your takes on things and I always tune in every Wednesday, man. When you when you guys take that break, man, I was just like, damn, it's like going through withdrawals. Withdrawals. It's like <laughs> can't uh, be more crooked. I mean, thanks. <laughs> nah, I appreciate that, man. No, I appreciate Yo, that. Marco, much love, man. Thank you for coming through. Marco oh, yeah. Penta. Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.